We Need to Pay the Rent is a fundraiser Hi, for warriors of the Aboriginal resistance. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand You could never understand Feel the fortune flowing You know it isn't strange I ride because I am addicted to the endorphins and to the adrenaline. I ride because the second my legs start turning circles, I become a happier person. I ride because I love to feel the wind in my face and listen to the birds and the bugs. I ride because it stabilises my life and creates balance. I ride because going downhill at 40 miles an hour makes me feel wild and free. I ride because I can't cry and pedal at the same time. I ride because it allows me to play with the boys. I ride because I can go alone. I ride because even though I've ridden the route a thousand times, I never know what's around the next corner. Listening to the Arabug Radio Show here at 3CR 855 on the Treddy. If you're a digital nomad, you're out there podcasting, it's streaming, it's taking it ones and zeros. You just learned that word, Val. I know, man. You know, repetition. That's an old rhetorical point. <laughs> Welcome to this Monday's show. Very thanks to Amy Goodman for Democracy Now! And... We are enjoying, I think, one of those blissful Melbourne autumnal weeks. Enough for a jumper or a windsheeter in the morning, but off by 10 o'clock. Clear skies. <laughs> the last quarter just in the sky to last night, heralding Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Easter bunnies. We've got Sarah and, Sarah and Jesse on the show today. Good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. Morning. And Money. regular listeners will know these are the two sprint champions of uh, <laughs> Australian <Sprint>. cycling. <laughs> there's no continent they haven't crossed yet. True? Oh, there's a... Yeah, yeah we've got a couple, a couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't do, an, don't do Antarctica. <laughs> I was so, wondering if uh, they might dispute that bit about um, I ride because you can't cry while you're riding. Yeah. <laughs> True. I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tears of frustration, though, surely. Tears of joy. Not of unhappiness. <laughs> we'll be bringing you up to date with uh, everything that's happening in the two-wheeled world around Melbourne and parts beyond. Why don't we kick off, Faith, with your bike moment? My bike moment. <laughs> I was saved this morning um, riding here, wondering what my bike moment was going to be. And uh, someone... It was a bit of that world's colliding thing. Someone who I 
know uh, a little from a bar, <laughs> a wine bar. Um, so I've had a couple of times ended up sitting and having conversation with this woman and, you know, got along really well, blah, blah, blah. And I was just coming up Napier Street and someone pulled up alongside me and went, hello. And it turns out not only do we share quite a considerable part of the commute here, but she has been working in the building across the road from us for 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you met Pot Pike. And, and a bar stool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, so. Sarah, you guys toss a coin. Yep. Uh, we've got lots of bike moments at the moment. I guess planning with um, a big trip, it's um, it's all about what we can fit on our bikes. So this last week in particular has been about lots of random purchases <laughs> and, you know, working out how to carry a, you know, vegetable grater and all bits and pieces <laughs> for our bikes. So it's, um, yeah, we've got countless bike moments. Oh, <laughs> so many, so many. So many. But the, I think the big one last week, um, we actually got swept by a wedgetail eagle oh, uh, when I was out riding with a couple of friends. Uh, cool. Rogue wedgetail eagle, I think the same one he might have hassled a couple of our mates in recent years out near Warburton. Um, oh. Flying down a dirt road, not a care in the world, up in the hills, the big trees, and suddenly this massive shadow looms oh. above you. <laughs> and it went for our mate John. <laughs> so I thought I must be looking a bit healthy at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know, that was hard to top, I think. Oh, I bet you it would be. That yeah. wasn't my bite moment. <laughs> <laughs> you could so feel the shadow on the bridge. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> just made mine look poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, um, they're little ephemeral moments. You'll never catch it in a photograph. You never get the essence of that thing that happens. I usually get to work or stop for a coffee on the way to work Saturdays, sit there and just have a nice cup of coffee before I go down to work. I'm sitting there, and in that probably two and a half minutes, one of my work colleagues rides down the corner and to work, Will, who's now done up this, I am only can say it is a neon rainbow high-vis <laughs> coloured mountain bike from about the 80s, you know, when they were doing oh, green chain stays, yellow, purple everywhere. One of his friends asked him how many lumens it put out. <laughs> <laughs> He rides off, to, he, he comes towards me, then turns down to work. Then a family comes up uh, Albert Street, he in the back fest with the two kids in the front, mum at the back. Then another of my work colleague rides past me on the way to work. Then a lovely, one of the original customers where, customers where I work, rides past down the upfield bike path. She's 82, I think, Joan now. Rides wow. lovely ah. little mixie. Then a family roll up to do a yoga class early. I'm still just sitting there having a cup of coffee and all this just happens in front of me. It was really just one of those moments you go, got to be good this, doesn't it? You know. I'm glad you saw Joan. I, yeah, I yeah. remember when I met Joan the at the uh, design festival that we used to have and she came in, we had all these bikes on display and she came in and said, do you think I could ride a bike again? She was 74 then. Yeah. And uh, she hadn't ridden since she was 40 and she had just retired and was moving back to Brunswick. And I took her to War Park with my old step through, the Malvern Star, and we had a go on the grass. And then she, and then she said, I've got to get a bike. And I sent yeah. her down to commuter cycles 
I think it was Jed. Jed's a man. Yeah, Jed yeah. who uh, <laughs> built a, <laughs> Lovely a bike. Lovely little mixy, you know, yeah. and rides every week. Rides, rides every Saturday. Her biggest complaint to me one day was, God, you'd think those old blokes in those riding groups would leave me alone for a while. <laughs> 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 it was really quite funny. There are guys that are out there all the time. Like you go out yeah. riding when yeah. it's yeah. raining yeah. and freezing and yeah. they're the people out there doing the miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the young kids. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, I read an awful survey about that the other week. Yeah. <laughs> Ride a bike. Don't be stupid. Uh, what's the news across the nation, Faith? Um, I don't know, but so I was just going to mention two things. Um, The first one was uh, Bicycle Network's uh, policy position on um, paying people to ride to work. So that uh, is um, based on the fact that when someone rides on the average bike commute of, which in Australia is high, it's about 10 k's, um, it contributes $10 to the economy, um, whereas the average commute by car in Australia costs society up to $9.30. So there's almost a $20 difference. Yeah. So they're suggesting that people who ride should get paid $5 per kilometre to uh, encourage more people to ride. So I think Yarra Council, I'm not sure about Darabin, you get paid if you ride to work. You know, they're a little bit extra. Yeah. There are a couple of corporate groups who do it now, I think. Yeah. Mainly because they can save on building car parks in their offices and that. I think one of the state government departments has a system as well. Yeah. This is starting off everywhere. It's great. And it's usually under the, in the way that people get compensated for their travel costs if they go by car. It's sort of. Yeah, which has been a dodge for about 40 years. Um, As everybody might have noticed, the ninja, the bicycle ninjas are back out. Now the daylight savings finished, we should all think about about lights. Always make the point, actually, if you've got a reflector on your ankles when you're turning pedals, that's probably the best reflector that you will get, apart from a 6,000 lumen light that blinds everybody else. (laughs) They've taken those mountain bike lights, have taken over on commuting paths yeah. so if somebody's at the top of maybe yeah. a street and you're riding uphill all you're getting is this you know blinding sort of light yeah don't yeah. forget your lights yeah. charge up yep yep good good <laughs> <laughs> here are a few it's, words today it's it's Monday. Monday. you always get caught out at this time of year though don't you go you out don't. of daylight yes. savings yeah. and then suddenly you're leaving work at the same time yeah. and then you're like oh well, and also suddenly it's a, you've got that two-week window where it's lighter in the morning mm. again, mm. so yeah. you're, you're not in that zone, uh, like, of thinking. Yeah. And interesting, I reckon the must have been, so it's probably four days after daylight, so it switches over. That first ride home from work in the dark, just, I was like, it was really quite amazing. I ride the same route home all the time, but in the dark, and you're not used to it, bang, everything mm. looked a bit different. Mm. Need to get your eye in again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we live. And the only other thing I was going to mention is that stage one of the Yarra Valley Trail is oh, yeah. uh, um, finally happening. So that'll give us, I think, the first 11 kilometres of 160 kilometre trail, but that'll eventually be really good. Hopefully, it won't all take quite as long as the first stage did. But um, this is in the northeast. 
Um, no, down from Warburton. Oh, no, just gotcha. Yep. From not Warburton, but Lilydale to Yaring, I think is Yarring the first Queen. stage. Yeah. Yep. We'll be back to talk about uh, long distance cycling and how you to recover from it. Get five dollars a kilometre. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. You need a corporate sponsor. Ironic <laughs> that the state of Victoria want to treaty with <laughs> Aboriginal people, but have no issue in destroying our sacred sites. War is devastating on the environment. In peacetime, the military is a huge user of fossil fuels, a huge driver of nuclear energy, and ultimately the architect of nuclear weapons. Subscribe to 3CR in 2019, fighting for social justice and environmental change. And to all the people that are so afraid of the solutions to climate change that they choose to live in denial instead, the current solutions to the climate emergency are much easier to cope with than the outcomes that will come if we don't. Feed Radical Radio. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. Follow, follow the sun. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show. Uh, we've got Sarah and Jesse in the studio, our guests today, and we've got them here because they're going to be heading off very soon on a big adventure. So we thought it was a good opportunity to catch up with them and uh, hear about what their plans are for the next six, 12 months. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a bit open-ended, yeah. but we'll see, we'll see how we go. <laughs> so I guess um, the first question is... What made you come up with this idea of abandoning <laughs> normal life and getting out of your routine and taking off? I think there's been a couple of things. I've looked on in, in envy as various people have headed off on long-distance bike tours in recent years. I've got a lot of friends who seem to have had the courage to go off and do that. Um, and I've never had that courage, to be honest. Um, all the riding I've done, is I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's all been with a sense of urgency, though, um, you, you end up going through these amazing places and you, you think, oh, it'd be great to stop here for a few days and check it out. Um, and Or there's some spectacular spots that you might be riding past, but it's three in the morning, so my rides have been lived <laughs> with too much night tourism. Um, so I thought, well, well, one part of it was to, to just try to do a longer distance tour with, with no sense of urgency, with no, with no time imperatives, just to go out and um, have that freedom to see what that feels like. So that's one part of it. Um, but then the other part of it as well was thinking about well we're pretty good at the scrapping together things in a race you know we can find food find water um find some shelter and that sort of thing yeah but um but what would happen if you extended that a little bit and just you know tried to live on your bike for a while try to scrap together some money as well so maybe maybe we'll have to try to find some work out there for a few days to um to just keep keep moving so it's it's interesting that concept of like a cash flow driven existence where you you work out how much you need and then try to scrap that amount together and and see see how you go so i think the racing does give you a little bit of insight into what it's going to be like as well so for me doing the long races in the last few years you start to realize more and more what you don't need yeah to get by on so and that's one of the attractive components of the racing is when you're out there, you just need to find shelter and food and water and make sure you've got enough clothing to keep you warm. So 
I think with a little bit of experience doing that, it makes it a little bit more possible. I think if you went into this kind of trip without any experience, and we have no experience in touring, like we've got experience of going fast, so it's going to be easy. I mean, difficult, or not difficult, different. Um, but yeah, that to me is one of the the big influences, is knowing that you don't need a lot. It's, it's not what you take, it's what you can get by without. Yeah. yeah. We've got all new and weird yeah. components to our pack list. So we've got these weird <laughs> things like sections called cooking, um, <laughs> which, you know, you used to, we, we're usually just grabbing loads, yeah. of, loads of bread and making yeah. sandwiches on the concrete mm. out the front of a service station and that'll get us through the next 800 Ks. But yeah. um, this is a bit different. Uh, we've got sections like hygiene as well, which is a bit mm. weird <laughs> for us on these Novels. races. Like, on these races, you, yeah, or... yeah. So, so it's going to be a little bit different. So for us, it's it's strange actually. We're we're quite happy with um, pushing through really fast for a long section without any resupply, but to go out there without any thought of about how long we're going to be out there well yeah. then you've got to keep an eye on different things how much water you got how much food and all that sort of thing so it's also sleeping as yeah, well yeah. so yeah. it's actually sleeping yeah yeah actually sleeping but being able to sleep properly yeah like mm, yeah. with the racing like you're basically just napping and you don't carry a tent mm. but in this case the tent's going to be our home yeah. so we were away a couple of weeks ago for the gravel count the fixo one and we just had the two-person like lightweight tent and i kind of woke up in the morning i was like nope (laughs) it needs to be bigger than this so So we now have a three-person tent so we have a room for activities (laughs) we took delivery of our new house the other week (laughs) and then uh, we're building out the kitchen last week (laughs) we got a small small grater what else have we got we got a knife now too we've got pillows it's crazy Um, yeah we got all these tiny things Mm. like spice racks and um, but yeah, the sleeping the sleeping arrangement had to had to change because it's it's not like we're just you know getting an app to get through to the next section. No. Like, mm. We need to still get decent sleep at night, and yeah. there could be days where it's pouring rain all day, and we just need. Well, to... it might be where you stay if you if you get yeah. sick. This might yep. be the space you're in mm. for yep. two days. Or, yeah. 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 So there's so many questions that I've got about it. Um, who knows? Yeah. We might get. It might all go up um, in flames and we'll be back in oh, six right. weeks. <laughs> work. But, but that's the thing. It's, that's the reality of it. We're going out and doing something that um, is a bit familiar, unfamiliar to us um, and we really don't know what, what's going to happen. So like in a race, you're, you're not eating particularly well, no. Um, no. but you can push that through for a couple of weeks. So how do you yeah. stay healthy out there? How yeah. are you going to supplement yeah. it? Um, in certain parts of the world when you're touring, it's a lot easier to stay healthy. But if yeah. you... If you're traveling around Australia in Outback Australia, how do you how do you do that? Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what what happens. It'll be a lot less beer and ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't be looking just for calories. You'll be needing it's it's and Nutrition. it's everything you need yeah. to sustain it for so much longer. So it's mm. taking all that minimal lightization mm. and and coffee, stretching mm. it out. And there's there's a lot of people with way more experience at that than us. So we're looking forward to to learning learning yeah, our own way of bit. learning our own way of doing it. So, yeah. And we have nothing to come home to, so that's yeah. that's the there's big, no real safety net. Big thing. Like the lease <laughs> has been the, terminated. The bunch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've well, given everything away. Like yeah. all, all my furniture has been given away. Like we've thrown stuff in the bin. 
yeah. recycled stuff at the tip. It's like there is literally my belongings are in a couple of tiny boxes mm. and it's things like photos and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. prints and letters, the stuff that's kind of sentimental and irreplaceable. Mm. Yeah. Um, a couple of knickknacks, but that's literally all I'm coming Yeah, back so we'll to, leave together so. a little Kmart tub of stuff, <laughs> boring stuff back in <laughs> Melbourne and then hit yeah. the road. Everything that we need will be packed on the bikes and we'll... We're actually lobbing into cans. Like we would have loved to have ridden up there, yeah. but we. Your whole idea with this is to have a little bit more time. So the first thing we want to do is a full recce ride on the race to the rock route this year. Um, so if you start doing the maths on heading up to Cairns and then wrecking the the route and You'll still having a bit of time, doing it, <laughs> yeah. it'll defeat the whole purpose yeah. of the trip. Yeah. So so we're lobbing up to Cairns. We'll lob up, lob into Cairns, and suddenly we'll have everything there on our bikes and have to work out. What the hell we're we doing? Which way? So, yeah, you haven't got a destination really. Well, at the moment, we the We've first thing ideas. is yeah. Well, the first thing we'd love to do is is um, a full recce of the race to the rock route this year. So that starts in Port Douglas goes down to Townsville where we've got the first section so which will be a great ride in itself at 700 kilometers and then the the main course goes from Townsville uh, to Uluru and that's about three and a half thousand kilometers um, so that's that's the first um, the first section and you know we'd both love to ride the the Simpson desert there's other inland stuff that, yeah. that I'd really love to ride as well uh, <laughs> that I'd really love to ride as well um, so there's a lot of stuff inland that that all, all I've always wanted to tour a bit, and uh, I know Sarah's developed a love of it with the riding that she's done, except for the sand. If we were to be honest, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of stuff inland that we'd love to explore, um, and I think as well there's there's a lot of stuff that we can do on the road. We, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a lot of. Um, I think it'd be great to try to open things up for people to do more inland touring yeah. in Australia. With the Race of the Rock, that was the whole idea, try to develop some long-distance touring routes for people to do. Um, you know, the races give you a lot of IP around what services are out there and what's available, which makes it a bit more accessible. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to... I haven't done a very good job of putting that out there for people to to take and use themselves, but hopefully with this we'll have some more, more time, time to do that sort of thing and try to... I mean, that's the whole thing with this. We don't... We, we'd love to try to open this stuff up for more people to explore... Um, you know, like they seem to do a lot more of in the 1890s and early 1900s yeah, yeah. with shearers and, and so on doing these massive rides across Australia. But um, it seems like it's only um, European tourists who do it these days. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can I ask a personal question? Both of you are very, I mean, I'm, I would think competitive, you know, focused. The gun goes bang, mm. your legs are going at 80 beats per minute, you're off. Are you going to bring it down the sl- slow side? <laughs> so I'm going to wait for him. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's like we've had this discussion. Um, I think I think there's something nice about that, though. Like yeah. uh, we spend so much time racing past stuff. Yeah. And like Jesse said earlier, the night tourism, like. It's. I think it won't be too difficult to do that. And there's going to be a lot more stuff on the bike. Yeah. So I think the, mm. the load of the bike itself is probably going to put the anchors yeah. in a little bit. Mm. And sometimes just the bike, yeah. if it has an aspect that makes you go slow, mm. you yep. usually give in to it and say, yes, mm. well, mm. This, is, you know, this is where I am. But it's interesting with the racing stuff. Sure, there's a competitive side to it, but that's, that hasn't really been the main drive to do these races no. for, for yeah. me and Sarah. Like if, you, mm. if we're on the road and, and Sarah's sending me a message about you know, what she got up to today, it'll be a picture of the clouds or something like yeah. that. She'll say, yeah. you see the clouds? today they're incredible or that that sunrise it was amazing or you know 
bitching and moaning about sand. <laughs> um, but it, it's not, it's it's not, geez, I got through that section no, in, no. you know, 12 hours or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. I think we, we kind of delight in that sort of travel, that immersive travel, being out there, experiencing all the elements. You yeah. can only understand these places, special places in Australia in, in that sort of way by getting there on your bike. And yes. staying there. Yeah. The sky. yeah. yeah. So waiting for the koala to come mm. down and open the tent the next morning. <laughs> All those things when you just stay somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember one of the Australian tour riders, I think it was Robbie McEwen, 18, 19, Tours de France. Mm. And they had one of the time trials near the Mount St. Michael, you know, where the tide comes in. And you could see him while he was riding and he was sitting up and looking at everything and he got panned by the commentators for, what are you doing, not concentrating on riding? Yeah. He said, I've been around France 18 times, never seen anything. Mm. I thought I'd wow. just sit up and have a look. All I saw was people's bums in front of me and that mm. was it. Mm. Yeah, mm. anyway. And <laughs> it will also be, because you're going to be looking for work, and so those sort of interactions and, and like you were saying, maybe working on getting routes and it, making them more accessible, mm. that will slow you down because you'll – you won't be riding through communities. You'll start yeah. building in little connections yeah. with them as you go. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting aspect because that, I mean, you've, I know it's stopping at road stations. There's been always been connections mm. and that. Yeah. But there'll be much more of that for you too. It'll be a much more social and mm. community-focused well, uh, sort of ride. Yeah, We're hopefully. hoping for that too because there might be places where we stop and we go, hey, let's just hang out here for a few days. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, there are ways that we can still kind of work remotely with a few things and we've had a few ideas for online content or digital nomad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, definitely if there's something that, somewhere mm. that looks good, it would be nice to be able to say let's just stay here for a few days and yeah. you yeah, know, it'd be explore the area. Yeah, look, we'll need to find um, find money to eat and so on, but yeah. it'd be lovely in a, you know, this ideal world we could... We could develop some stuff out there that would encourage more people to explore on their bike and yeah. enjoy the stuff that we do. Then that would be fantastic. So, yeah, we'll see how we go with that. <laughs> and even in those remote positions, it's possible to be a digital nomad. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. It's, it's, that's a remarkable thing. With yeah. um, if you've got access to some internet and mm. you've got a computer. Um, you know, in some of the work that I've done, people don't need to know where where you are. They no, just no, they want no. the they want the work done by this point and yeah, this time, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and you can yeah. you can get it done. But um, that's part of the fun ways. fun of it too. If you can if you can um, yeah, if you can do some of that on the road, it's a yeah, it's a it's a very it's a great use of that technology. I think. And if you can't do it. It doesn't matter much, does it? No, that's You're right. just enjoying the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just yeah. pick some fruit. Picking apples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're leaving in three weeks? Yep, just under May yeah. the 4th. May the 4th. May the 4th. Star Wars um, Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if people want to catch up with you before you go? Uh, the 27th, so the same weekend as the Handmade Bicycle Show, we figured there'd be a lot of people kind of around in for town. that in and town. a lot of people looking for somewhere to drink possibly <laughs> at the end of each day. So mm. the Saturday night, the 27th, we're going to have a few goodbye beers at Moondog in um, Abbotsford from oh, 6, 6.30. Yep. Anyone wants to come down. So that's kind of the last chance that we're all kind of 
be together before we leave because we've got Easter and everything else kind of creeping up. Yeah, if you've got any recipe tips or yeah, points yeah. about Terry, let us know. Don't say that. You'll be yeah. inundated with titanium stones. <laughs> yeah, please buy us lots of beers because we won't be able to afford them in three weeks. So we're just going to get horribly drunk for the next three weeks. <laughs> and wake up on the yeah. bike. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Just eating ice cream for three weeks solid as well. Yeah. That's a three-week yeah. budget. Yeah. yeah, I think Sarah's given away what she's going to miss. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have given up something for lunch. Yes. Refrigeration. I'm going to miss refrigeration. Speaking of which, uh, thank you guys coming in. It's been a laugh. It's a pleasure. No, it's a pleasure. Always, always. <laughs> Speaking of the Handmade Bicycle Show. It's on on Friday the twenty sixth to Sunday the twenty eighth at the Australia at the Meat Market in Melbourne. You know where that is up near the hospitals. Opening nights limited to seven hundred and fifty tickets, and we'll put up all the details on our the uh, podcast. But um, so that's opening night, then Saturday and the Sunday session, and Saturday night you're twenty seventh. Yep. After you finish looking at all the bike porn, you can go and have a drink. Yep. yep. And we'll put up some other events with the podcast online. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much to Jesse and Sarah for coming into the studio. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners. If you'd like to make a donation or subscribe, you can do that at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is... Jailbreak. But we can't say what we've seen and we're not little children. And we know what we want, and the future is certain. Give us time to work it out. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.